1: This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio.
0: And on tunein.com, FM, and upsnap mobile.
2: Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Life Mastery with Todd Allen, the talk radio show that dives into the science of higher consciousness. Join Todd and his guests weekly at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and learn how to live a peaceful life with intentional mastery. Enjoy a survey of inspiring topics such as abundance, intention, health, manifestation, love, and transformation. It's all right here, leading authors, speakers, coaches, entrepreneurs with stories and messages to support your well-being, let alone your most evocative dreams.
1: Hey, hey, it is another great groovy day, and that's mostly because I make it that way. And, of course, it's Life Mastery Radio Day, yay, one of the most favorite days of my week. I get to connect with you and connect with people that are on the cutting edge and leading edge of new thought and different ideas and material that we like to bring to you so that you might be able to make some different choices. There you go. That's what Life Mastery Radio is all about. My name is Todd Allen, and today is February 21st of 2017. Before we get started, I like to get connected, maybe clear my throat a little bit and take a deep breath. And reach way up high toward the universe, toward spirit, and maybe wiggle those wrists around and shake those fingers a little bit and roll those shoulders and let that breath out with a big, I've already let all my breath out, so let's take in a deep breath. And let that breath out with a big ah, and let your essence out into the universe. and uh, Let's take in one more deep breath. One more big ah, uh, and let your dreams, visions, and goals fly out there, and for sure, allow the universe the opportunity to make those come true for you. Uh yeah. there we go. <laughs> I got Debbie to giggle. That's my whole objective when I open up the show, and of course, my <laughs> show producer, life, life coach, friend compadre, Debbie Hendricks. Coach Debbie is with us today.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: How are you? I'm good. Awesome.
1: I kind awesome. of forgot your introduction a little bit, but I think... Yeah, hey, I kind of
4: like that one, compadre. <laughs> Hello, compadre. I am here with you. I I am so happy to be here with you, and after... Oh, what is it? Three hundred and ten shows, something like that. We but it is really wow. Yeah, yeah. It's gone through some archives recently. It's you you had the vision to work with and that's why we have come up with so many themes and topics and I've gone running out there finding people and you have reeled them in with your questions and we for the first time for the first time, offering a show about anti-bullying, and you know how close this is to my heart.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. <clears throat> you know, things just lined up, and they are what they are. And we have we have a couple of really cool guests with us today. But 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 first, Debbie, what's going on in Coach Debbie Land and New Showland? And oh my gosh, you got so many cool things going on.
4: I do, I do. Get yourself some water there, Froggy. Uh, what we got going on is called Story U Talk Radio, and that's my Coach Debbie show. I'm going to have a nice live page for you here to be looking at. Story U Talk Radio will be sh- uh, showcased on the second and fourth Monday, basically every other Monday at 1 o'clock Pacific time. And this for, for many of you is the opportunity to get into your story. You know that I'm a writing coach and writing teacher and so much of what we write is about the story behind our story. The, the guidance we have, the, family we have, the creativity we have, the money we have, the love we have, the friendship we have, the bullying we've endured, all those stories behind our stories. If we know those, it helps us have a clear voice and write our books. And that's what I'm here to help people do, write their books, tell their stories.
1: Nice. And you have a mastermind group starting up soon?
4: I have a mastermind group starting up soon. Thank you. Everyone that's been writing and asking about that, write to me at D-E-B-B-Y. That's Debbie at CoachDebbie.com. And I will send you the links. You can get signed up to be in the mastermind. And this is all about manifesting what matters to you. You'll get uh, group coaching and the opportunities for deeper one-on-one coaching.
1: And networking and accountability and ideas. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, Ideas flow when you share your ideas and other people give their input. And it's just a really cool way to make your vision, dream, and goal come into reality because it just happens. Some amazing things have come to me because of being in a mastermind group.
4: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay, well, <clears throat> oh my goodness, I drank water, I have cleared my throat, I guess I'm just going to have to deal with a frog today.
4: Got a little frog going on, that's all right.
1: You ready for the show? I'm ready. Okay, our first guest, we have two guests today, and we have a really, really big surprise for you after the first break, after our only break, I guess, but our first guest is Tom Thalen, and Tom is a public speaker, he is the founder of the Victim Proof. Bullying Prevention Program and as one of America's top youth motivational speakers, he has spoken at over 500 schools and colleges and youth organizations. His message helps schools create a positive culture that shows students how to be the change. Tom has been featured on Fox, CBS, PBS, the National Association of Student Councils, the National Honor Society, as well as student conferences for 4-H, FFA, FCCLA, and, of the course, the YMCA. And, Tom, you know, I was going to put it in my notes. You've written a couple of books. I have one of them up on my Kindle. But tell us about your books that you've written.
5: Well, uh first of all, thanks for having me on, you guys. It's, no uh, sweat. It's to be here. Yeah, thanks for reaching out. Um, Thank Oh, I really liked your opening by the way. I'm all uh I'm all <laughs> in my zen zone now that I
1: shook out my
5: wrists, I moved my shoulders, I took my breaths.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear you anyway, say ah though. Ah,
5: <laughs> uh, yeah. I wasn't sure if I was supposed to like unmute my phone for the, the ex- exhale there, so Oh <laughs> anyway, no, super good to be on today. Um, yeah, my my second book I've written is specifically uh for students. K-12 kids, really upper elementary through early high school is kind of the target range. And it's called Victim Proof, uh, The Student's Guide to End Bullying. And of course, I don't believe you can end bullying universally, but I believe right. we can empower each kid one at a time to end the cycle of victimization within themselves. So it's a very empowering message. And, you know, it's like you guys were speaking to a, min- a minute ago. Everyone has their story and the things you know, that we have to share with others come right out of our story. So much of what I learned happened way back a long time ago when I was a kid and I was stuck in the bullying cycle myself.
1: Well, let's just drill down in that a little bit deeper because that's where these stories come from. And things things happen to us. And as long as we don't get too caught up in that, you know, you touched on some great things in your book that I want to talk about, especially forgiveness. But those things happen and then, we realize that, and then we take that to the world to share our story to help make a difference in other lives. Yeah, for sure.
5: And uh, when I was a student, I just, you know, when you're a kid and you're going through bullying, you kind of yeah. feel like you're the only one. You don't realize how many other kids are going through that, that same thing because, you know, everybody in middle school and high school is all acting like they have it together. Man. Uh interestingly enough the the most recent stats on bullying uh is surveyed in the U- US show that uh sixth graders 31% of them so basically <laughs> basically a third of them report being bullied on a consistent basis that number actually cuts in half by the time they're in 12th grade it gets down to 15%. But I mean I I find that startling that there's still 15% of 12th graders. I mean, you know, a lot of, there's even schools that think, well, we don't do, you know, a lot of bullying prevention at the high school because that's a middle, middle school thing. But mm-hmm. bullying can happen at any age. And mm-hmm. uh, for me, it started in middle school, and, and I didn't know how to handle it. And uh, so I, I always gave that negative response. I essentially gave uh, a bully exactly what he or she was looking for. And that was one of the things that kept me really more of a victim.
4: What is a bully looking for?
5: <laughs> well, uh, it's a power thing. So mm-hmm. bullying, um, if you go by the definition on stopbullying.gov, mm-hmm. it says that it's a uh, unwanted, aggressive behavior. And then it says this little phrase that I wish they would delete. It says, among school age children,
2: which mm-hmm.
5: I don't really believe that part of it, but anyway... It says it involves a real or perceived power imbalance, and then the behavior is repeated or has the potential to be repeated over time. So I take those those three ingredients, and and really a lot of people are, are only aware of the first one, which is this unwanted aggressive behavior, you know, being mean. And I, I tell kids we know that about bullying that it's mean, but what we have to remember is that that second part of the definition, which is that. It involves this power imbalance. In other words, someone's trying to dominate another person or control them to to take their power. And and then the the last part, the third part of the definition is that it is usually repeated over time. Uh, You know, the thing is, when kids don't realize the power part of that definition, they very easily give up their power in their response. And so, you know, whether we turn internal and we, you know, get depressed about it or whether we fight back to a bully or try to one-up them and get even, you know, all of those things only feed into that power situation because one person is looking for a reaction and then the other person's reacting and giving them that negative reaction. So it's, it's so hard in the moment to control those responses if we haven't thought them out ahead of time
1: right you know in in your book tom you talked about that you know there's 30 years of research and they've tried many many things and the things that they've tried still it 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 seems prevalent in the schools that this still exists so you know i i I have to imagine that some kind of awareness at the elementary level maybe, and I, I got to imagine too that they've tried this, but what what is your view on what will work or what could work?
5: Well, yes, that's a great question. And we have been studying bullying in, uh, internationally since, I think, 1978 and 1979 when Dr. Daniel Avellis, uh started out what has today become the Aveas Bullying Prevention Program. But – what we see in so many of these programs that are out there, uh, is that a lot of it is, is, it stops at awareness. So some schools they have an anti-bullying week and it's, you know, maybe they have some t-shirts telling kids to stop bullying, give everybody a wristband, put up the posters. And awareness alone doesn't, doesn't equal prevention. That's one of the, right. <laughs> one of the things I maintain. You know, just because we tell kids to report all bullying, that doesn't necessarily help prevent it. In fact, uh there's a reason why bullying is on the rise. It's because we're telling kids bullying is bad, it's going to happen and when it does, report it. Now that's that's a good message, but it still is not giving them a solution of how to handle it. Right. And so if schools stop at, you know, if they just stop at awareness and don't go on further, which is to actually teach prevention, teach resiliency if they don't give those kids the tools then they're kind of up a creek without a paddle and and then lo and behold well hey we had this bullying awareness program and more bullying is reported well that's because that was the only solution we gave the kids
1: was to report it right well does 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 it work if if in the elementary school i mean there's a focus on awareness but a focus too on I have to imagine that you know focusing a little bit on results and you know what wh- how people feel when they get bullied, and then also how to deal with people when they bully us you know on that inside job type thing are th- are those Oblivion. types of things being being taught or being talked about
5: you know quite frankly uh in the schools that I visit it it is all across the board. There is not a national standard for what we would call social-emotional learning programs in schools. And a lot of schools, it's just treated as an ancillary, you know, extracurricular type of thing. Oh, do you want to be in the anti-bullying club? You can. I But I love schools that get proactive about that and say, you know, we're not just going to teach them to tell on the bullies. You know, yes, we want them to report the bullying. But we're gonna teach them the character traits needed to navigate through life. And life, life means there's gonna be some difficult people here and there. Some who might even try to bully you. And in right. those cases, we have to teach our kids to be resilient and to be responsible for how, how they react.
4: Right, exactly. I think, I think one of the strange things, and when, when I was going to school, there, there just wasn't any awareness at all around bullying and I, I, you can't see me, but I'm albino Tom and I stuck out like a sore thumb. So when I would go to teachers and complain, you know, sometimes the response I would get is that, you know, well, girls, girls don't get bullied. And, and so there Mm. was this shutdown of my experience. It, the, the, the adults were sort of saying, no, it, it can't be true. So I found I didn't have anywhere to go. Um, my parents simply could not handle that I was being bullied. Uh, so we didn't talk about it at home either. And I, I think what I've noticed over time is that people are surprised where bullying happens. We think of school as a safe place. Uh, we think of church camp as a safe place. We think of the neighbor's house as a safe place. But sometimes we're surprised that things are happening. And and I think you're right. We have to help kids be aware, but we also have to help parents and teachers be prepared. Be prepared when that message comes to them that someone's in trouble. And I think that's if a lot of what work we're not
5: preparing is. them, yeah, I totally agree. And and it, it really does stink when uh, adults or counselors or parents or teachers deny the experience of the child. Because it can be very devastating. It can be humiliating. It can have lasting effects that will go for years. You know, I'll speak at a school here in the U.S. and I'll have a teacher come up sometimes afterwards and say, wow, I wish I would have known that when I was a kid. And yeah. you realize they've been carrying that weight around for a long time. Mm. Uh, and as a kid, we're not given the tools, so they're left to, you know, just being reactive in the moment. And in the moment, I think we all do things we regret. You know, we try to get even or we, we let it get to us. And so one of my uh, core messages for students is that, you know, look, you might get bullied, and even if you were bullied and even if you were victimized, you don't have to stay a victim. That's what I mean by by being victim proof. It's the idea that, look, you know bad situations come and go, but what really matters is my response to this. Somebody might try to take power from me, okay, that might happen, but it's up to me whether or not I give it to them in the moment, and and even more importantly, whether or not I let them continue to have power in my mind after that bullying incident has has passed.
1: Right. That looks, and I think, that's a tough lesson to get across, though. Too. I mean, that that's that's kind of as a little kid, I can't imagine that they would have any concept of that. And so there must be there must be a way to, you know, through a through some kind of video or showing the results or and, and teaching them how to do that process.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the bullying resources that are are out there are. Uh, you know, they're hoping that if they show a bullying incident, it will incite some type of empathy in kids, and they'll say, well, I don't want to do that. Yeah. And less of them will do it. Uh, but, and you know, maybe it, maybe it does help, help some, and I hope it does. But they're still not giving kids uh, the tools in the moment, you know, to be, right. to be ready. And I want, like, I want kids to be ready to be able to respond in a respectful way. You know, uh, especially when they are in the bystander seat that just bullying just kinda happens. Mm. And we're looking for kids to be brave enough to to speak up. You know, you could just they can even say something like, Hey, not cool, man. Yeah. Or yeah. uh even even something like, Come on guys you know, you say come on guys, that that can go a long way. Right. And right. again, it's it's a little bit too high of an expectation to think our kids will always be able to speak up in the moment. The important thing is to teach them to get help after the moment is passed or even to be that help. So you're the bystander and you saw bullying happen and you think, oh, I wish I would have said something. I didn't, you know, It just the moment came and went and I forgot to, I was too scared. Okay, fine. What can you do now? I think the bystanders
4: have to come together in numbers too. I I mean, if, if one child is being picked on, and there's five other children standing by. Those five others need to kind of come together and say, no way, not cool, not here. You know? because and it takes
5: that first yeah. domino to fall. You right. know, that, that's the hard thing for the kid. It's always easier to not do it than to do it. And we're all scared of how will we sound and will it, will I say it right? Will it work? A lot of kids tell me that they are afraid of retaliation. They're afraid of being brought into the principal's office with everybody else and they think, well, not my business. But, but like you just said, Debbie, uh, mm-hmm. when it happens right there in your circle right in front of you, I mean, it becomes your business.
4: Right, exactly. I, I can remember being saved by a girl who, you know, kind of reminds me of Todd, was in a big leadership position on campus and a big voice on campus and And one day she actually saw the bullying happen and she came over with like four people and got in the face of the bully and said, no way. I saw what you did. No way. And that, that sent the bully backwards you know, just backwards because now instead of just being, you know, against me, the one that they were going to take down, there were four kids standing there even though only one was talking, you know. So the numbers, I think, can be really powerful. But I also think, Tom, when you're going into these auditoriums and you're talking to people, you're probably helping set up the parameters of what is bowling and what is not? Cause sometimes people say, oh no, she was just, you know, having a bad mood and was just said stuff. <laughs> yeah. But, you know. Or was that,
5: it, he yeah. said, she said, or.
4: Yeah. Oh yeah.
5: And that, that becomes a difficult thing for schools when they've got one parent, uh, coming in and saying, hey, uh, my son was bullied. Well, then they, you know, they consult the other family and it's, well, you know, they bullied right back. Now, if that can be proven that both kids really participated in what we would call bad behavior, well, it does need to be corrected. Mm-hmm. But, it does really, it's not really bullying unless one is, is the real aggressor in taking power. Now, my son, uh, last year was in first grade, uh, we have a, we have a ten-year-old daughter this year, she's in fourth, my son this year is in second, he's eight, and then we have twin daughters that are six years old. And uh, but but last year, my son was in first grade and he was talking about a particular kid who every day on the playground chases him around and calls him this certain mean name. Mm-hmm. He really doesn't like it. I said, well, have you have you talked to uh, your teacher about that? Because the teachers do recess duty. And he says, well, I'm, I'm afraid to tell because the other guy, every anytime someone tells on him, he just follows them in and he says, no, they said that to me. And I, I said, Now Jack, you know, he's only seven at the time. Yeah. I said, You gotta trust me that you still need to report this because the school will identify patterns and they'll see if there's a kid who's always coming back, you know, saying, No, they did it they'll notice that negative pattern and they'll be able to hold that kid accountable. Sure enough, that's what happened and my and my son was believed because the school had saw a pattern already for me with this other student.
4: Yeah. I think one of the hard hard things Tom is exactly what you're pointing out and that is that often the awareness has to come from the person that got pushed around that person is responsible for making the reports or helping the school document the patterns and and they're often the one who is void of voice they're, they're trying to deal with their own feelings and their own fears. So I, I think it is great that an outsider, you are coming to the school and you are a voice saying, I know what's going on when you guys, you bullies think you're not getting watched. I know what's going on. Yeah. I know about this topic.
5: Yeah, and it really helps them to, to be able to relate to them. You know, That's something I say to all adults, is that our relationships are built on shared experiences. And I, most of us, if we think back to our childhood and especially those upper elementary through the middle school years, we can remember some times where, certainly by today's standards, we could say, yeah, I, I was bullied here, I was bullied there. And we're, when we're able to share those experiences with a child, You know, they can relate to us. Hey, we, we've been down that road too. We're not, uh, we're not perfect people. We haven't come out, come through this thing unscathed. That helps Mm -hmm. the kids realize they're not alone. Uh, helps them to get, to
1: get help. Mm -hmm. So, Tom, I'm really, boy, there's that Mm frogging.
4: I'm,
1: I'm kind of curious because this is, this is kind of a symptom left over from our evolution, right? So, I mean, as, as we have evolved, this was an important piece in, in our social structure, so to say. And now, now we're kind of left over with this and it's creating huge issues because we're becoming, well, I want to say a modern society. We're becoming modernized, yet we still have some of these leftover social structures. Is this, is this an inherent thing that is occurring in these young kids? I mean, It has to come from somewhere.
5: Yeah, I mean, you see it in the animal kingdom all the time. There's an alpha dog, and one one gorilla will rule the roost, so to speak, if I use the metaphor there. But, but uh, obviously, in humans, we have to say, look, you know, we we're not like that anymore. We're not animals. We are human beings, and everyone at this school deserves equal access to learning, where they feel safe coming to school and safe enough. To be able to talk to that adult. You know, I, I think of my own life, if I wouldn't have gotten help from an adult, and I really did have a, a very special teacher who helped me out in early high school, but if I, if I wouldn't have had that piece, I don't know where I would be today. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't, I really don't believe I would be doing this for a living and probably not have the, the great wife and marriage and, you know, all of this that I'm so proud of today. Mm-hmm. So I go back to that moment. And I look at adults who said "He <laughs> said to me, Tom, you don't have to act like that. You don't have to play around in the alpha world. You can rise above that. And then really help me actually talk out my bitterness and my resentment and the baggage that comes with shoving it down for all for all those years.
4: Right. And that
5: you have to learn to unpack it.
4: That's where a lot of the a lot of the damage comes from is is the shoving it down because the the ability to then empathize with the fact that a bully might be being bullied somewhere else and that's why we're seeing bullying behavior. You know that ability to empathize just gets put off for years and years and year. I mean I I say this after many years of therapy around bullying and I. I just know that it is it is really essential that when a child speaks up with their voice they know they have a place to go. I'm I'm getting texters coming in and we're going to have to take a break in just a minute here, but we really do want to hear your questions. Tom is here to answer your questions and after the break I'm going to be interviewing young Taya Simpson. She's just about to turn 12 years old, and she has written a little book on anti-bullying. So we're going to keep this topic going. We want to know what your questions are in today's day and age around the topic of bullying.
1: Stay tuned. We've got more with Tom and our special guest right after this. Stay tuned.
2: We've listened
5: to the shows on CTR and perhaps you've found yourself thinking, maybe I should host my own show, but I don't know how. It's easier than you think. From the beginning with private coaching sessions to your own live broadcasts, CTR Network will prepare you on every level to share your knowledge, expand your brand, and take your business to the next level.
0: At CTR, we nurture your vision. And make it a radio reality. Contact Cameron Steele at 425-221-3646
5: or Cameron at ctrnetwork.com
4: and put your dream into motion today.
1: Welcome back to Life Mastery Radio. If you've just tuned in, you're definitely going to want to hear the first part of the show we had Tom Dalen on. And he is the founder of the Victim Proof Bullying Prevention Program. But for this next segment, we wanted to introduce you to, well, she's just a little sweetheart. And she's 12 years old. And her name is Taya Simpson. And she has written a book called How to Stop Bullying. And Taya is a student who wanted to write a book that would stop the bullies, and that's exactly what she did. She knows how it feels to be bullied, and this book is a guide and journal to help aid children in communicating how they feel. The writing and drawing pages allow children to express themselves in a safe place. There are easy one, two, three steps for children to follow, and learn how to process challenging communication. And what a novel idea, Taya. I think this is just so cool. It's a simple book. It has some pages where you can journal and talk about what's going on. And I think that's a real important part in the, the, the realization process and the healing process.
4: Mm-hmm. I do too. I, I got to tell you, Todd, I walked into Barnes & Noble one day and I saw this purple little book with a handprint on it and I just sort of gave it a high five because I saw the word bullying on it. I had no idea that the author lived, you know, 10 miles down the street, that she was 11 going on 12, that she was a relative to our friend and guest Sharon Blake, and one thing led to another and she accepted our invitation to the show. We're so excited to have you with us, Taya. Say hi to everyone.
2: Hi. I'm Uh,
3: excited
4: to. Oh, wonderful. Tell me a little bit about question number one we talked about when we were at Barnes & Noble together, and I asked you, what is your message in your book?
3: The message in... The book is, I want, I want people to know they are important. Yes.
4: Yes. Who inspired you to write this book?
3: My nana, Sharon Blake.
4: <laughs> yeah, that's right, Sharon Blake. Your grandma, Sharon Blake, is the founder of Life Chronicles Publishing. And Sharon helped Taya start to journal and get those ideas out and one thing that came from Taya's writing was this idea that you shared with me Taya number two do you believe that we are all special and what was it you told me?
3: yes I believe everyone is one of the kind no one can be you
4: I love that what do you think Todd no one can be
1: you No, everybody's individual, and and so Taya, I'm really curious if you've gotten any feedback, or has anybody made any comments about your book?
3: Yes, um, people at school made comments about my book. They said that they're proud of me. They said, "Um, "What what is my next book about?"
1: Oh, have you heard? Have you heard anybody talk about? about reading your book and how much of a difference it made?
3: Um, sometimes.
1: Yeah. yeah,
4: I bet yeah. they do, Taya. I bet there are people out there that haven't even approached you yet that when they see you, they're going to say, thank you for speaking about bowling. They're going to be really, really happy that you have written this book. And you told me that... That things are a little different for you now because you've written the book, and that there's a second book you want to write. What is that second book about?
3: Me and my cousin, we were thinking about writing a book together. It was gonna, um, the book was gonna be about how to help the homeless.
4: Wonderful, wonderful! What inspires you to think about writing a book about the homeless?
3: I want them to feel, and I want them to know that they are important. They are beautiful. They have value, and they are loved.
4: You know, this is one of the things that makes you so special, Taya is you are thinking about the person who's been bullied, but you are also thinking about the person who is bullying and who might be sort of cast out. And I think that's what helps us all come together and learn. I I really want to ask you this this final question here. Do you have a message for bullies? I think you told me on page fifteen in your book that there was a very special message you wrote for
3: bullies. Yes, it, yes, it says for all for all who have been bullied, please do not let them make you feel bad about how you are, about who you are. Mm-hmm. To, well, All the bullies out there, I want you to think about the things you have done to others and how, how it makes them feel. I think some bullies are thinking about what they have done. If you are, if you have been bullied before, some, please go tell that
4: believe how you feel. Very good. Very good, Taya. It's so wonderful that you on your on your break from school uh are taking the time to talk to people and share your message. I'm I'm I am delighted to meet you. I wish you had been my friend on the playground uh <laughs> when I was a little girl. That would have been just so wonderful for me. Any questions for, um for Taya, Todd, or Tom? I wanna to say one more thing. You got it.
3: One more thing, always stick up for yourself and others. Do not become a bully, please, boom is not good.
1: There you have it. Awesome. Uh, <clears throat> well, you just keep up the great work, Taya. I think you, you have a big message and, uh, a. a a book to go along with that. And my feeling is, is that you are going places. So keep that smile going because it will take you places. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thanks for coming on the show today. And you can hang out for a little while and, and um, kind of maybe, maybe you'll get some ideas and and some interest in, and, and maybe even Tom might even promote your book a little bit. Cause I think that he agrees with what your approach is. And Tom, what do you think about that with, With journaling and drawing (laughs) drawing pictures, I I mean, that that has huge potential.
5: Yeah, well, we are all so proud of you, Taya, for, you know, you're obviously somebody who has a big influence in your school because you're brave enough to speak up. And you haven't just spoken up for one moment, but when you write a book like you did, you did this whole huge project and kind of took the risk that what if it doesn't turn out good or what if people even make fun of me for my book i don't know what's going to happen but by stepping out it sounds like you've got a lot of great support and a lot of friends who th- who said they were proud of you and they thought it was really cool a- and i think it's awesome that somebody uh your age I-, I think you said you're 11 is-, is out there helping their peers so very proud of you keep up the good work
3: Thank you,
1: and I know how it feels, so that's why I
4: wrote it. Nice. Yeah, that's, and that you are exactly the sort of person who can make the big difference because you know how it feels, and you have a beautiful family around you supporting you so you can make a voice and make your message count. Thank you so much. We have a texter, Taya, that wants to talk to you. Would you be willing to answer a question from one of our texters? Yes. Okay. All right. We have Ashley. She is texting you from Texas. She says, hello, Taya. I am 12 years old, too. I want to know who has been the person who has helped you the most, and is there something that they've told you that helps you while you're at school?
3: My mom helped me with it and Mm -hmm. she told me that just And don't worry about others that are being you. Just try to ignore them. I'm and sorry. Also for yourself,
1: and be and was- yourself. Yeah, that's a, yeah. That's nice. That's a great message.
4: I'm so sorry I didn't hear it. My microphone went out at that moment, but I'm sure it was beautiful. We have uh, another texture here. This one is for Tom. Uh, this is from Brad. We often hear from Brad in Raleigh. He says, Tom, I am a coach. Uh, girls basketball, sea bowling happening all the time. And you would be surprised. Sometimes it's the youngsters and the little freshmen who are picking on the seniors. <laughs>
1: Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No
4: yeah. He says, you'd be surprised. Um,
1: Trying to find the picking order, probably.
4: I, I didn't think of that. I didn't think of that. Um, skipping down to the bottom of your message here, Brad. Um, really good question. He says is, I don't want to be the only target person on campus who knows about this. Any tips for bringing in faculty, administrators so that there's not just one of us but that we all bind together and hold a common message?
5: Yeah, that's a great question, Brad, and good observations there that uh, the bullying doesn't just come from what we might picture in our mind as an at-risk kid or an angry kid. and Sometimes it comes from the star of the basketball team or the kid getting all A's. And uh, I believe a lot of that stuff is coming right out of the homes for these for these students. Uh, anxiety in the home ends up being anxiety that goes into the school through, uh, through our kids. And if we don't teach them to deal with it, you know, it's going to explode on someone. And uh, if you're the, like the point person for bullying at your school, it's a great idea to get together a bullying prevention uh, team more than just a club of students it would be actually a group of uh, educators and parents and students who want to all bind together to do some proactive things about bullying and that might be that might be raising awareness uh you know having some kindness campaign type of things where you think of creative ways to do positive things in your school but it also might be uh using a bullying prevention curriculum like the victim proof program uh, and if that's a resource you, you'd like to check out, I would encourage you to go and watch. Uh, we have a webinar that's going on. It is at victimproof.com, and you can go check that out. It's for parents and teachers, and it's called Raising Bullyproof Kids. So uh, well, our hope is that, you know, you won't just be an island at the school. You'll actually be able to partner together with everybody and really help change a culture.
4: Yeah, exactly. I, I am so impressed with the fact that there is awareness that the kid who is being bullied is whole and complete and the kid who is doing the bullying is whole and complete. The problem we're seeing is, is on the surface. The problem is trying to direct that there's wounds going on. I, I know, um, I, I was probably 40 years old when I ran into one of my biggest bullies ever. And he said, you know, gosh, I haven't seen you in so long. And would you like to have coffee? Would you like? And I said, I don't remember you and I ever being friends. I, I remember just having this mm. edge about me, you know, thinking I have to protect myself from this person and, turned out he's working a, a hardcore AA program and uh, was very surprised to learn that that he had been someone that I was afraid of and we met and we sat down and we had coffee and he gave me a thorough amends and uh, we both experienced a tremendous amount of healing of our childhood because while hmm. he was my bully I had no idea that all kinds of kids were bullying him. So I didn't understand that, that, you know, maybe I was way down on the order, but he was, he was getting it too. And a lot of healing came about. So you just, you never know when those opportunities for healing are going to come about. Um, I wonder if, if you ever saw some of this healing or situations resurfacing because you were in the armed forces. I would, I would imagine that there were situations there that presented themselves for people to either go deeper in their story or to be healed.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't know that that is, is something that's on my radar because in the military there's, a, there's a social structure. There's a rank structure. There are people that are put in places in, and the structure is already there. So, you know, vying for position. I mean, you know, we were all followers and leaders at the same time, but there was definitely always a leader. So I I can't say Mm -hmm. that I have that awareness.
4: But do you think that in basic training, people felt bullied, even though, you know, they knew that somebody was in charge, that it wasn't sort of a, oh, we'd like you to run this obstacle course. It was, you know, being screamed and yelled at until you were kind of broken down
1: yeah and like I can't you know that's that that was all for a purpose and and right. that is certainly a form of bullying, but it was more of an you know uh
4: there was yeah, a structure it, around it
1: exactly it's yeah. yeah. like
4: there's an
5: inherent an inherent power structure set into place sure. that Right. You know, you kind of knew you were getting through this uh, for a purpose, as you said.
1: <laughs> a little 17 year old boy crying for his mommy. Well, <laughs> what no what one I mean.
4: can blame you for that. You know, it brings up all kinds of stuff At here. Book- well, Tom, but-
1: you know, you wrote this, this a book. We haven't talked too much about it. Victim proof. And so no. entice us a little bit about some of the concepts that we're going to find in this book and, and why I should buy it. Maybe I should buy it for my young kids or grandkids or people that are in my awareness that might possibly be bullying, be, be being bullied.
5: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, this is, a, this is a great book to go through with a student uh, or with a group of students. And, you know, there have a lot of teachers that will do that in their classrooms as part of their social-emotional learning. Uh, one of the things I, I try to compare and contrast in the book is you see sort of the before, the before me and the after me. And the before me was the someone who had not gotten help. And I think a lot of kids will be able to relate to my story. Uh, I was reactive, as I said, you know, I gave a negative reaction. And sometimes that would just mean I was depressed and someone wrecked my day. Other times it was, I'd, I'd try to get even and one-up them and that never worked. And, and then, you know, uh, You'll see. I had a lot of. I was giving a lot of mental space to those bullies, and in other words, even after the moment was gone, here I was reliving it in my head without getting help, and like just repeating that cycle of victimization mentally, and uh, getting bitter and, and resentful. But uh, once I got help, I started to become a completely different person. I mean, I really had. Uh, a character intervention you could say mm-hmm. and i i do believe that there are kids who can turn their life around like that it might take six months it might take a year but they can kind of reinvent themselves you know Teya here in her interview just a few moments ago was talking about being confident and liking yourself and being proud of who you are you know, that is one of the common Big. characteristics of a kid who just just can't be bullied you know it's like you right. can't I can't seem to get to this kid because, uh, no matter what I say, they don't seem to give me yeah. that type of reaction. And so a bully will go on to, to someone else. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, kids that bounce back are the ones who will, will be resilient. And I, I talk about that uh, in schools. That resiliency, uh, um, there, there's a, two definitions that pop up in Google when you search on what is resilient. The first one's about people. It says, you know, a resilient person is someone who recovers quickly from difficult circumstances. And I, I do like that definition. It's great. The second definition is about objects. And I think it's even, it's even cooler. It says a resilient object is something that can be bent or compressed or stretched and quickly return to its original shape. Yeah. So I like to tell kids, you know, you're the type of student who gets bent out of shape and stays bent out of shape the rest of the day? Or are you able to bounce back because you know who you really are and you know that you are not the things they may have said about you? So, um, you know, that's in the moment. But after the moment, I really, in the book, talk deeply about how I got help and how I learned to unpack the baggage, as I I call it. And that was when I I finally connected with a teacher.
1: Right. Well, it might be important to note, too, that there's actually two versions of this book. There's one for students, and then there's one for teachers.
5: Right. Yeah, so we have, uh, my mom's a fourth grade teacher. She actually gave me the idea, uh, to create a video curriculum to go with my book. And, uh, we took almost two years shooting this really high quality, almost, they're almost like mini documentary type, uh, videos in a series, and they're a complete uh, partner, companion to the book. And actually, uh, we're doing a, a special thing right now. If you go to VictimProof.com, people who watch the webinar, we're doing a uh, free book plus shipping offer. So if people wow. pay $8 for the shipping, then we just send them the book. Nice. We have a limited amount of those. But uh, that's one way they can get familiar with it and kind of see what it's about. And get it for cheaper than you can buy it in Barnes and Noble.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness, Tom! We have pretty much run out of time. I want to thank you for being on the show today, and I, uh, uh, a big shout out to Brad for sending us that message. And Brad, you know, you can always hire Tom to come and talk to your school. If you think you can go to <laughs> go to his website? He would be more than happy to accommodate that need and get that all started. I think it's just a huge, huge. <laughs> Yeah, huge call for this type of education and understanding and awareness. And Taya, if you're still there, thank you so much. You did an awesome job.
3: Thank you. You're welcome.
1: You have a wonderful day. Give your grandma a big hug for me because she's going to help me too. Oh, my goodness. We are out of time. That's about all we have for today. I hope we've inspired you. I hope that you buy Tom's book for that person you love that it might make a huge difference in their life.
4: Yeah, yeah. Wrap your arms around people. Let them know they're loved before they go out the door and have to deal with their days.
1: Lastly, Mm, so true. I want you to make it a great day because it's all about choice. And that's what Life Mastery is all about, is giving you thoughts and ideas to be able to make those choices. Bye-bye for now.
2: Thank you for tuning in to Life Mastery with Todd Allen, the talk radio show that dives into the science of higher consciousness. Join Todd and his guests weekly at 10 a.m. Pacific time and learn how to live a peaceful life. For more information on Todd and his guests, visit his website at www.lifemasteryradio.net. That's www.lifemasteryradio.net.